We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> So the way I want to start out today, Julian, I want you to bring us up to speed on Huel. I've been a customer of yours for probably 18 or so months now, and you've got a product that I really love and enjoy, but I want you to tell our audience about it. And then after that, we're going to dive into your backstory a little bit. Okay, perfect. Uh, we are a nutritionally complete food, which means that we provide in a single product all the vitamins, minerals, fiber, protein, essential fats, some carbs and also some phytonutrients in all in a single product. It's a, uh, a vegan product, so it's all plant-based. And uh, we launched in June 2015. And since then we've grown from, it's a direct to consumer model. So we sell across the world. Uh, our primary places are UK, America, uh, Europe, and we recently launched in Japan. Since launch, growth has been uh, year on year, extremely good. In our first year, which was the first six months of business, we did about £750,000 worth of revenue. Then we went to 5.1, 14 million. This is all in pounds, UK pounds, 14. Then we went to four, 40 million. And this year we're gonna do in excess of 60 million. Uh, we, were, we were one of the fastest growing companies in the UK, which was uh, an official title that we got. There's an award I can see up there, which was the fast track. We were the ones to watch in 2018. Um, and in total, we sold over 50 million meals worldwide. Um, um, what else do you need to know about your... Uh, we've got four main products really, which is uh, a powder, which is our main product. We also sell a ready to drink version, which is this. We sell a bar and also a uh, breakfast cereal in a granola format. That's it in a nutshell, really. Fantastic. You know, when when I first tried Huel, I think it was about two years ago, I was a pretty big skeptic. I, I haven't had good experiences with um, powdered meals, so to speak. Uh, generally speaking, when when you take a powder and you and you mix it up with water, it's going to taste like chalk or, or something terrible like that. Um, but Huel was a, a different experience for me. It actually um, it, it, in many ways, it kind of reminds me of um, a little bit of the taste of the, of the oatmeal that my grandma used to make for me. And, um, and it doesn't have that chalky experience, and it actually leaves me feeling quite satisfied. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, it is, it is quite a tricky product. When you're dealing with uh, plant-based proteins, uh, we use pea and rice, which is a combination which gives you a very good amino acid profile. Both of those, if you actually consume them individually, pea and rice, they are quite, um, quite chalky. Um, but when you add the oats to them, like you say, it's quite oatmeal. We, are, um, we get most of our carbs. We also get vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, protein, and fats all from oats. Oats is really uh, a superfood, really, in its own right. So when you put all these products together, we work very hard to make sure we try and get the taste, the texture, um, they're not essential in life. You know, you don't need taste and texture. You can, nutrition is first, which is what we are. We're a nutrition first company. So we start with that, but then we do, we do appreciate that people like things to taste nice and have a nice texture. So we try very hard to optimize it, to give it a, a good taste and texture, but with a very excellent uh, nutritional profile. How did all of this come about? T 
tell, tell us about the journey that, that you went on to end up here. Okay, so I'll go back a few stages really, just to make a, give a bit of context. But um, I was working full-time job, and uh, me and my wife were trying to have a, a baby, and we had a few problems, a few miscarriages. So I wanted to work from home. My commute into London was very, very long. It was an hour and a half each way, which is three hours a day, 15 hours a week. And I actually calculated the other day, I think that's 97 working days extra per year. I'm spending in the car commuting backwards and forwards to London if you work out on an eight hour day. So that was not very uh, ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. So I wanted to uh, work from home to be there for her. And so I worked out that really the best way to do that was to start a business. So I started actually an affiliate marketing business for myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I said to my wife, you know, I practice evenings, weekends. And I, I said to my wife, look, give me uh, three months. I'm going to jack my job. Give me three months or sorry, six months. If I can't uh, get my full time salary, I'll go back and uh, get a real job. And within the three months, I was working, making more than my salary. Three years later, I sold that business to an American business. Uh, did very well. And then, yeah and then took a little bit of time out because uh, we did get a young child and uh, decided I wanted to do something I was going to be proud of and so something completely different from what I'd done before. So I went into the, I started the health and fitness website and the idea was I was going to try different meal plans and different exercise programs and see which ones work because there's so much sort of conflicting advice out there and most people don't really know what to do in terms of their nutrition because one day you're being told this is good for you, the next day you hear it's bad for you and you're sort of confused on what to do. <laughs> so I wanted to make it evidence-based. It's much easier rather than somebody telling you something, I wanted to show you which ones worked. So I was the guinea pig for the first um, uh, meal plan. We got a personal trainer and uh, we worked out a best nutritional plan. And within three months, I'd gone down from 21% body fat down to 11% body fat. And I was at the age of 40. So I was the leanest I'd ever been in my life and realized that you know what you eat is what you are. So it's very important you consume the right nutrition. My friends go, how did you do that? They wanted to replicate what I did. And I explained what I was doing, which is basically weighing every single ingredients that I was uh, consuming. And I was constructing all of my meals from scratch. And I was eating three meals a day plus three snacks a day. And they said, I can't stop at 11 o'clock and cook an egg and 100 grams of broccoli. I can't stop at lunchtime and cook 200 grams of turkey, quinoa, and 100 grams of spinach so they said it's just not practical How, you know i can't do this and so that business got a little bit of traction but when i started getting this feedback this is just too complicated i can't replicate it it made me think there must be a better way so i was using protein shakes for my afternoon snack and protein shakes are incredibly simple you just put water in take a scoop drop it in shake and off you go so it made me think that this is the this is the convenience that people want but they want the the, the full nutrition you can't live off protein alone so made me think, can't we put all that central nutrients into a single product? And that was the, the birth of fuel. And literally went on, went on Google, found some nutritionists, spoke to some different ones and said, is this possible? And they said, yes. And then I found James Collier, who is our co-founder now, who's a nutritionist with 25 years experience. He's worked with um, strong men all the way through to bodybuilders, all, all the way through to uh, the national health in the, in the UK as a clinical dietitian. And he put the formula together and that was the, that was the birth of fuel. That's amazing. Um, talk to us about some of the obstacles that, that you guys had to overcome. Now, one thing we found is that every successful person or organization has had to overcome incredible obstacles. We call them the, the poop to gold moments, right? If you had to identify one 
poop to gold moment that was just this incredible challenge to overcome and then you came out on the other side with your gold moment or or the success and and happiness that followed what what would that moment or that journey be well i suppose there's a couple if you if you look at the the huel story one was that huel span out of almost a failure which was a, a company which got some initial traction but didn't really go anywhere the the product and the website it was just so hard to put together i burnt a load of money and uh, just didn't get enough sales coming through the door and the consistent feedback was it was too difficult. So really that business, that- Was, was, that, was that your own money that you burned through or did you burn investors' money too? No, that was, that was all my own money. Because I'd sold a previous business, so the, the first business was uh, called Mashup Media, sold that to an American company. The second business was Body Hack, which is the one I just described where we was trying different meal plans. And Body Hack, I probably put about 100, probably burned about 120, 150,000 pounds in that business. And um, it, it generated very, very little, but that's what Huel span out of. So that was, that was a, a, you know, you could say that was a big failure. Luckily, I'd made some money, so I could afford to lose that money. But when, when I realized Huel was a big opportunity, it was a difficult conversation with my wife because I only burnt some money. She thought I was just playing and she just wanted to keep on burning money. And I said, well, you know, I'm pretty sure this is different. I'll keep the money as lean as we can. So I put about another 100,000 into Huel to get that off the ground and didn't want to put any more in because I had to make this one work. I couldn't have, two, you know, I couldn't have a failure back to back. So really, I suppose that was probably the big, the big moment. You've gone from one failure straight into to Huel and I couldn't fail a second time in a row. So that was probably one of the biggest moments and then getting Huel off the ground. Now, hold, hold on, let's stick on this moment for, sure. for just a second. Now, you must have learned something from that previous failure that it gave you a strong confidence that Huel could work. Yeah. What, what, what were the learnings that you captured? Well, the, the key learnings really was that the, what I, the way I was, you know, in those three months I'd, I'd gone from, you know, I'd been training and trying to eat right for the previous, say, 10 years. And in the previous 10 years, all, basically all of my life, I've tried to sort of eat right and try to exercise right, but I'd never been that lean in my life, you know. So within three months, just by eating the right food and making sure I was consuming the right amount, I became the leanest I'd ever been. I, you know, I was, I sort of had abs, you know, I was 40 years old, which is, you know, relatively old. And, um, I, you know, I, I looked pretty athletic for that sort of, you know, that age. And that was just three months worth of work. And you think anybody can do that. It was, you know, it was three months, anybody can put that into it. And so, um, the key learning was that people saw me and said, I, wanna, I want those results. And then I told them how I did it. And they said, no, I can't do that. I'm a working person. I'm a working man. I'm at the office or I'm on the building site. Or I'm driving a lorry. I can't do what you've asked me to do. I need an easier way. So that was the key learning is people want healthy food. And typically most healthy food is not very convenient. You have to like weigh it out. You have to cook it from scratch. You have to buy all the ingredients. It's not that convenient. The most convenient food is extremely unhealthy for you. You know, you go into a, a burger chain or you go into a, a sandwich shop and you buy this food and it's optimized for taste, not for nutrition. And it's not very good for you. Or it's too high in calories or whatever. So you've got these two, you've got these two choices. You've either got healthy food, not convenient. or We've got convenient food, not healthy. So what I wanted to produce, the key learning was what people want is they want healthy food, which is convenient. And that's what Huel is. Got it. Now, now expound just a little bit on that moment when you had the failure and you're getting ready to embark on Huel. I imagine you, you're yep. probably feeling quite optimistic based on those learnings that, that you just described. 
but but you mentioned that was a scary step for for your wife. What 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 was she experiencing? What was she feeling? And and what did that mean in, in your marriage in your relationship? Right? Uh, she she thought I was playing. That's what she felt. That she, we had enough money that if we were sensible with that money, it could last us the rest of our life. We're not big spenders. We didn't buy you know gold watches and things like that. We could, if we lived, a, we invested that money correctly, we could live off the interest and live a nice lifestyle without being excessive. So, but every time you spend money, because money is a, a cash generator, if you put money with the right investment company, money makes money, because, and, but as soon as you spend that money, it has no opportunity to make money in the future. So she was fully aware of that because we'd had you know, financial advice. And so she felt that if I kept on doing this time after time, then I would eventually burn through too much of our money that we had made. So that was a problem. So the, the fear was that you, you were jeopardizing the family's future. Correct, yeah. And, but for me, I, I, was a, I, was, you know, I was very happy I'd achieved those results in terms of the, the fat loss and I realized that it was quite a lot of work. And the other thing that bothered me is that the, the, the meal plan that we had was very uh, animal protein based. So nearly every meal was, you know, handling raw meat, and I didn't really like that. So the fact that I was, I'd, I, I wanted a different solution. So once I had that formula and I made it, because I could make it in my kitchen just by getting, um, you know, the, you can buy those powders commercially and just mix them together in your kitchen. I realised this has got a really good solution. It gives me what I want. It's, it's so much more convenient. It is vegan, which is better for the planet, and I don't have to handle all this raw meat and don't have to spend half an hour cooking a meal. I can make a meal in 15 seconds and get on with do other things. So I, I could see the value, I could see how beneficial, and every time I thought about it, I could just see more opportunities coming out of it. But the fact that Huel is a powder means that it's dry. If there's, if there's no water, there's no bacteria, so you get something like a shelf life of 12 months. Sometimes if you go on holiday for a week, you've got all this food in your fridge, you come back and the meat's out of date and the veg has sort of gone off and things like that. So, you know, it's beneficial for the planet, it's beneficial for, you know, it's minimal impact on the uh, animals as well and, and also it's better for you. So I just kept on seeing more and more benefits in the products. So I became more and more convinced there was definitely mileage here. And all I really, really wanted was a lifestyle business. That's what I thought in the early days. I thought, you know, this is quite a bit unusual. This is a different way to consume food. So but I, there is a concept that Kevin Kelly came up with, a thousand true fans. And I thought, well, if I can get a thousand people per month to, to be the same as me, then they spend 45 pounds a month. That's, um, that's 45,000 pounds a month. And that's half a million pounds a year. You make 30% profit or whatever it is. And then you've got a nice little lifestyle business. That's what I wanted it to be. I wanted something to keep me busy, to give me something that I was going to be into and give me something that I was going to be proud. And so that's what I felt that I, I was convinced that it, it had mileage to it because I was, I was using it, I was getting benefits and therefore they, I'm not that unusual. There must be other people like me that would do this. And it turns out you found many, many more than 1,000. <laughs> exactly, there's quite a few more than 1,000 people using the product now. I think we've had over a million people use it now. So it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's grown a lot bigger than I thought it was gonna be. Now you, you started to go into a into a second poop to gold moment, and I cut you I cut you off to dive into that one just a little bit more. So let, let's go to that second poop to gold moment. Okay, so uh, once I knew the concept, once I had that in my mind, then the next stage was to come up with all this stuff like uh, brand name. What's this going to be called? 
uh, come up with the look and feel, the, come up with the packaging, come up with uh, the website, write the copy, come up with the photography, all those sorts of things I could do relatively quick. Um, because that was my background. I, I come from a marketing background, so I felt that I could do that, and I was confident, and I was really interested in doing that, and making something that looks really good and sounds good, blah, blah, blah. So that side of it, I thought, right, that will take me two or three months to do, and I'll get the product made, and we're launching sort of three months' time, so I thought that was possible. Uh, what I hadn't taken into account, how long it takes to make a physical product. I'd never made a physical product before. I'd never really been in the food industry before. So. Um, so went on to Google, tried to find manufacturers of powder. I thought this is a powder, it's not particularly complicated, it can't be that difficult. What I found was it was super difficult to even find people that even made this. Most manufacturers don't really have websites, or if they do, they're not very clear, and it's just, it's a bit of a, a murky world. You can't really find who's making stuff, and um, people who are already making products don't necessarily publicize who's making their product for them, so it's, it's quite difficult to find the right people. So anyway, that three months ended up being nearly 18 months. And so within that period, I ne nearly gave up several times because people in the manufacturing industry let me down several times. They string you along and then don't come through with what they promised to do. So one in particular, I, I tried and tried and tried. I was probably about a year in and I still didn't have anybody to make the product. This person came along from a big uh, multinational company and they said, oh yeah, we can do this, we're a big company, we can do this for you, no problem. They strung me along for four months. And, uh, and, and this whole time, you're, you're probably burning through cash at the same time, so it's stressful. Well, luckily, not really burning that much. Yes, I had burnt some, but not massive amount, because really, it, all it was was really getting a domain name, getting a website up, uh, getting the uh, logo created. There wasn't that much money being burnt. So it wasn't too bad, but it was just my time and just like I was getting frustrated, very frustrated. Anyway, this guy, oh, this company came along, said, yeah, they could do this. Strung me along for four months and then just one day, just out of the blue, sent me an email. I chased them saying, when are we, when's this launching? And they just sent me an email and said, we've decided not to do it. And so at this point, I'm now come out of one failure, started Huel. I must have been, could be 14 months in and still not got a single product to show for it. And this guy's just sent me the email and says, we're not making it. And I'd literally exhausted everybody to get to this stage. And were you full time on the, through those whole entire 14 months? I was, I was doing stuff every day. I wouldn't say I was full time because I'm still waiting for people to come up with the, 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 the product so I could really get into it. But I'd lined everything up, everything was ready to go. That day, I just needed the product to sell. I can't sell what I haven't got. So I was literally ready. But, but, but did you have, did you have um, other sources of income during that time to, to, keep, to keep you afloat. Yeah, because I, had, I still had my money from when I sold my first business, so I had interest off the back of that. So yeah, I, I could live and I was, I was fine. Yeah, and this, was, this is a good point, really. If you're starting from scratch, most people would have had to give up because it wasn't generating, you know, most people can't start a business and not generate money for the first, say, 14 months. So most people would have given up. Um, but yeah, that, that email, I remember that day the guy sent it to me, I thought, you know, I literally, you know, you pull your hair out, you just think, what am I going to do? And at that point I said, I'm done, I'm not doing it, I'm going to give up. Um, there'd been several instances before that, so this was just like the final straw. And I said, no, not doing it. Wait, t t talk to me about what, what that feels like when you've got, you just had one business fail, you're 14 months into this next one, and, and you're ready to throw in the towel, you're ready to give up. What are the feelings that are going through you at, at that point? Um, you just feel that you've wasted a lot of time, you've wasted a lot of energy, it was a stupid idea, 
you start to lose confidence that you uh, know what you're doing. You think, what I'm going to do next? Um, you just think, you're just disillusioned. You just think, why are people like this? Why would somebody say that to you and not, not stick to their word? But I think, I don't know what I did that day. I think I was just very angry. The following day, I got up and thought, well, I'm not going to give up just because that one guy let me down. Went straight back to all the people that I'd spoken to before. Went back through that, went back through Google, just called everybody again, went through the whole list, almost in a single day. And on that single day, I think I went back, spoke to one of the people that either I hadn't got through to before or said they, they were too busy to work with me at the time. And that one person is the person we're still working to today. So this is a small company uh, down in the south of England. And um, they were very helpful. They helped us in the early days. They're really good, brilliant people to work with, very nice sort of people who can shake their hand. You don't even need to do a deal. And uh, we're still working with them and they've grown massively off the back of us. And uh, we've grown massively with the help of them. So it's been a very good relationship. And so it just shows that if you keep going, you can get there eventually. And in hindsight, you're probably very happy that that, that guy backed out. <laughs> exactly. It probably could have been a bad relationship because they were a big company. They would have been inflexible. And when you're starting a business, flexibility is really important. So, you know, these big companies, sometimes they ask you for, you know, a, a big minimum order quantity and you don't know whether you're going to sell a single pouch so you don't know whether you're going to sell anything and then when the orders start coming in sometimes you know in the early days they started going so quickly so fast that we had to keep reordering really quickly and sometimes these big companies would be inflexible and they say no you've you've ordered this amount we can't make any more for you for three months you would end up going out of stock you lose your momentum it could be a really bad thing so the fact that they were really small and therefore flexible and very quickly we became their biggest client and when you're the biggest client of a company you get a bit more weight to, to um, get certain advantages. When you're the smallest fish in a big pond, sometimes it's very awkward to get them to play ball with you. So yes, it worked out very nicely in the end. Yeah, and those are the type of things that can make or break you when you're early in, in your business. So Definitely. Well, well yep. th th thank you for sharing those experiences with us. So what about right now? What is the number one challenge that, that you're facing right now? I don't really know about the number one challenge at the moment. I mean, we, we are, we're doing very well. I think at the moment we are, we've got a lot of things in the pipeline. So it's the business becomes more complex. And uh, sometimes you, there's so many opportunities. It's, it's, it's learning to say no a lot and trying to stick to what you, you are good at, what your core is. It's very easy to get distracted by the latest shiny thing. So. You know, we have, we've got a very good team now. We've got a very good board. I think we make a lot of very good decisions, but every day does still feel like a, a lot of work, it does feel like there's so many things that we're doing. And so, uh, you know, it's, I think the business has gone from, I think in the early stages of business is like a baby, you know, like any day it could die if you don't feed that business and don't look after it. And now we're at sort of toddler stage or early child stage that the business will run itself a little bit. It's a little bit more self um, reliant, you don't need to, to quite care for it quite in the same way. But what you do need to do is make sure that you sort of um, bring it, bring that company up in the right way, so it becomes a fully functioning adult company. And I think we're in that sort of toddler, early child stage where we're nearly there, but we're just trying to um, switch from being very scrappy, a little bit less scrappy and more professional, and trying to get the, the um, to refine everything. So, in terms of number one problem. I don't know if there's a number one problem. There's just lots and lots and lots and lots of problems. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what's the best way for our listeners to stay in touch with you, to follow you? 
Okay, so for us, we Shul itself is on every social channel. Instagram is probably a num number one with Facebook. In terms of me personally, I do use LinkedIn the most. There's a lot of engagement on LinkedIn. So for me, I do post quite regularly on LinkedIn, what's happening within the business, some of my thoughts on business and how to um, do things what I think is my way. So that would probably be the, the best way to connect with me. Yeah, the, the, I've, I've really picked up my um, activity on LinkedIn in the last year as well. It seems like LinkedIn is, is developing a really great culture for, uh, for sharing and, and, and spreading business ideas and connecting. It, it's been fantastic. So, so yeah, the, the, uh, the shareability and the, the, the views on LinkedIn are phenomenal at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the organic reach right there is, is, is really strong. Well, fantastic. Um, Julian, it's such a pleasure to have you on our show. We, we appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to join us and to share your, your story with, with our listeners. Thank you. No, thank you very much. And, and to all of our listeners, if you're interested in how we built our creative culture, of course, you can check out our book, From Poop to Gold. And um, continue listening to the podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next one. We all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step -step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell, us over and, people tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had... Um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script. <laughs>